Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Seller Roundtable number 35. We are super excited to have Paulina Maison, hopefully I pronounced that right, from Shopkeeper uh, with us today. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, all about Amazon. We're going to do our standard kind of get to know her questions, and then we're going to dive into some uh you know, questions about uh, Pauline is kind of the, the master of pricing on Amazon, um, how that affects, uh, you know, f affects your business strategies, all that kind of fun stuff. So welcome, Paulina. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me here. Happy to be here. <laughs> all right. So what we always do is we start out, uh, kind of get some background for, from you. If you do not want to answer anything, you can opt out. But uh, we're, we're interested in, uh, you know, maybe give us some background on like where you're born and where you live now, uh, things you did in the past, college, school, uh, family, kind of anything you want to share about uh, who you are up to, uh, up to this point. All right. So what's the most interesting part about me? <laughs> I guess the most interesting part is that I am a software developer being a girl. So I was, there was two of us in the 500 people class. So there was 498 men in the software development class that I was in and there were two women and so easy, I was easy to easy to get a date is what you're saying yeah and <laughs> you, know, you know software developers are not the kind that you imagine right you know, but, you, but you have 498 to, to uh, choices <laughs> <laughs> right I don't I don't know why it wasn't on my mind I guess at that time you're looking for like, a musician probably right <laughs> if you show me a guitar, you know, it works. Okay. All right. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm a software developer by background. So, I've been always, you know, um, making little tools for myself to make my life easier. And, or I would look up some existing tools and then make my own copy of that. So, that's what I was doing. So, uh, jumping over to the Amazon world. When I became an Amazon seller, I basically created some tools for myself and there was born the shopkeeper. That's the very short story about me, but in general, there's a lot in between that right. I may share later. All right. And uh, um, where do you live now? Can you share that? I'm <laughs> just curious. Time zone yeah. Wise. So <laughs> right now I live in Turkey and okay. it's 11 p.m. right here. Oh, wow. What time is it for you? Uh, we're at, it's 1.06 p.m. Pacific time. We're Amazon. We're on the West Coast of, in California. So we, I call okay. it Amazon. Amazon Google time. That's what time we're on. Or in Facebook too. We can throw Facebook in there. Uh, we're about yeah, an hour and a half north of all those fabulous companies. So yeah. So uh, Paulina, when did you first, because uh, you, you, I think you're similar to me where you have a e-commerce business, but then you also have a software business. Um, kind of when did you first learn about Amazon? Um, you know, when, when did you kind of get into um, selling on Amazon? So, you know, when the gold rush started in 2014, <laughs> that's when, if you look at Google Trends, it's exactly when eBay searches started going down and then Amazon FBA started going up. And that's, I was one of those people who jumped on the wagon exactly in 2014. And I was just at first looking around slowly and I, I started selling more seriously into end of 2015. So that's where my journey began. And did you jump on in the same time like me? Uh, no, I was one of those early people. And that's why I kicked myself because, uh, you know, the amazing.com guys started doing training back when I started, uh, actually right after I started, but I didn't even know they existed. I started in 2012. I think they did their first training in like 2013 or something. Um, but, uh, 
but yeah, so I've been doing this for, for quite a few years now. Interesting. I am interested because you stick around, you know, I mean, entrepreneurs tend to jump from niche to niche <clears> and <throat> keep, you know, and you're... Uh, I've, I've had lots of side projects. Yeah. I've, I've had okay. launch companies. I've had, uh, you know, my current software company, uh, before that I had an app business. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've jumped around quite a bit, but, uh, with seller SEO, I'm trying to stay focused. That's kind of my personal goal because I am one of those uh, shiny object type people. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I guess most of us and the people watching are, you know, welcome Absolutely. to the circle. Absolutely. I think entrepreneurs in general are very much looking to the future, seeing what's next and then, you know, how to capitalize on that. So what did you do before Amazon? Did you go directly from, uh, sounds like you went to school uh, for, uh, you know, becoming a, a developer and did you jump into it right after that or, or did, what did you do before, uh, before Amazon? It was interesting because in my class, I, I studied the computer science at Carleton University in Canada. And in my class, there were Shopify founders, <laughs> you know, that's interesting. And then there were many other little companies that later were acquired by Shopify. So I sort of, you know, you know, I came as a freshman with this laptop, which was Sony Bio you know, Windows machine. And then I look on the left, look on the right. Everyone has a MacBook. You know, I'm the only one with the Windows. And I'm like, okay, I got to get a MacBook. So I basically learned everything I know from those guys. You know, they, they bootstrapped their businesses and I started doing affiliate marketing online. So it's been a while before Amazon that I already had a couple of businesses and I've tried all types of digital marketing and info marketing and pop unders and all of these other digital things. And many of these things are actually transferable, you know, from business to business. And the more years go by, the more you have a feelers, you know, what's going to work, what's not going to work. So you get better at it. You know, the first project that I started was an app for contests, uh, moms who enter contests to sort of automate it, you know, for them. And that completely failed. I ordered from, you know, outsourced it to India and then they just delivered some mumble jumble code <laughs> that didn't work. So yeah, I have spent a lot of money on some random projects and some of them worked and some of them didn't. And eventually I discovered e-commerce and Amazon came about. Yeah. And that's that's how it is. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, that's very much along the same lines of my journey. Um, you know, I'm a self-taught developer, but I'm not, you know, super high-end at all. I'm, uh, you know, more UI, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I can do some data. I used to do Rails a lot and things like that. But, um, you know, usually I, I'm more of the visionary, like to hire out for the development. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I can... I've, I've easily blown, you know, six figures, um, on bad development over the years. Um, I'm not going to date myself, but I've been doing this for quite a long time. Um, but, uh, yeah, until you kind of, uh, you know, nowadays it's, uh, I've done it long enough now where I actually, you know, can tell pretty quickly if I'm, if I'm, if I'm working with a developer that's going to produce or not. Um, you know, the, one of the easiest filters is, you know, do you know how to manage a Git repository? If they say no, then they're instantly booted. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like <laughs> basic uh, stuff. And there's, it's surprising how many uh, developers don't even have some of that basic knowledge. So that's uh, an interesting uh, uh, background similar to, to mine once again. So once you, once you did get started, um, how did you, were you all self-taught? Did you watch YouTube videos? Did you take any courses for Amazon? Kind of how did you get started? Um, you know, or did you just put your feet to the fire? 
So it's okay that I mention a few names. <laughs> Not like I want to promote them too much. <laughs> no, that's fine. I don't care. People, I, right. I, promote, I promote my, uh, if you know me, uh, interacted with me long enough, like people are like, oh, what software tool should I use? You know, should I use Seller SEO? I go, yeah, absolutely. You should try it. You should try Helium 10. You should try, you know, any tool that's out there. To me, if you're a business owner and you're not trying every available tool, then you're doing a disservice to yourself. So to me, it's like, I tell everybody, you know, you need to try everything. You need to read everything. You need to, you know, if somebody's doing something better than, than somebody else, that's who you need to go to for the, for the, you know, health of your business. So I have no problem with that. Okay, great. So uh, in those days when I was thinking about Amazon, I was I had a long commute to the office and back. I sort of thought that the office is going to work <laughs> in the end. So basically, I would have this headset always in my ear, wherever I walk, in transit shopping, and I still to this day I do that. And basically, all kinds of podcasts go in here. So whatever I am interested in, that's that. So at the time was Amazon, and that's what I listened to. So you know, amazing seller Scott Walker. Mm-hmm. There was later uh, Manico started his own AMPM podcast. So the biggest podcast that were at the time about Amazon, that's what I was listening to, and. It's interesting that the way my mind took that information. So it was so much, you know, information together that it's really hard to quickly consume it. But so I would just keep listening, listening, listening. And then one important thing comes up, something that hit my mind. Oh, yeah, I should do that to this product that I'm thinking about. So I connect the two dots and then suddenly I sort of phase out whatever he keeps talking. I don't hear anymore. All I'm thinking about is I'm project. Okay, now I'm gonna connect this what he said and then then do this. But I cannot disconnect him because it somehow takes away the flow of my mind. So I keep him in my ear. He keeps talking and I generate these ideas, ideas, ideas. And that's how I basically I had always kept this product line niche in mind and I kept listening to new things and then you know dots connecting and just added. Ah, oh, okay, I'll do this because I knew nothing, nothing how to promote, how to launch, how to you know get reviews all of these things so okay we'll do that here this gonna work this gonna work because when you're just starting you have no idea what's gonna work and there's 101 things that you can do you know but if you try all of them you will not really succeed at any (laughs) because you're gonna do a little bit of everything and then there's this other guy andy you know is gonna do just one thing 100 percent, you know 100 times so look how how far he's gonna get and i'm gonna be doing a little bit of everything so it's much better to just grab something that you think that podcaster said this works, confirmed by some other social proof from Amazon group, you know, Amazon seller group on Facebook, and then you're doing those, you know. So you're sort of searching for that social proof. That's exactly what I was doing, you know, mining that information, trying to see which is the, the true, <laughs> true way to success. And still, my first product failed pretty much. <laughs> so, you know, I guess... Um, that's how it goes. It was just the product that I ordered from AliExpress just to try. I didn't know by at that time that there is 1688.com, which I recommend to new beginners right now, <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. instead of going to AliExpress. Because uh, if for those who are listening and don't know yet, well, 1688 is like the orig- origin source almost, which is in China. And then AliExpress takes the price like three times the price and then resell on Amazon three times the price. So basically go to the bottom source, you know, except that you'll have to Google translate everything, what you're searching for. Yeah, we, we use we use 1688. We use Alibaba, but we use 1688 to get the price so that we can go back to the 
people on Alibaba and go, oh, we know that this is how much it's selling for, you know, send right. them the 1688 link. Um, that's a good point. But you also made some other great points where, you know, it, depending on what podcast you listen to, what, you know, YouTube person you're listening to, the, everybody's going to have different opinions. And, you know, just because it worked for that person doesn't mean that it's going to work for you, vice versa. So, um, you know, like you said, you, you need to put that data together and then pick a few things and then test it yourself. Uh, don't just blindly believe that that's, you know, what's going to work. Um, even everything we talk about on here, you know, I've always told you guys, you know, this is our experience. This is, you know, what works for us, but you guys should always be turning dials. I always tell you guys turn dials. And I absolutely think that um, the most successful Amazon sellers, that's what they're doing every day. They're testing new stuff. They're seeing what works. Um, and you also have to not only test stuff, but then you have to like, look at the data afterwards. If you just test something and then walk away from it, that's, you know, going to do, you no know, good. You have to actually dig into the data and see, you know, what worked, what didn't work, um, and things like that. So, and I don't mind you mentioning, um, Scott at all, because Scott, we're coming for you. <laughs> Uh, no, but, but, uh, yeah, no, we, we've, uh, we've made some great progress on this podcast in a very short time. So, uh, we're, we're super excited uh, about that and uh, there's room for everyone. I mean, you're, like I said, you're going to learn, you know, something from Scott, you're going to learn something from Manny, you're going to learn something from us. Uh, you guys should be, you know, trying to get as much of, of that information as you can. Um, you know, we're of course biased. We think we give you guys the best stuff here, but you know, we want you to test and, and listen to others and see if that's true or not. So. Paulina, once you got started with Amazon, what was kind of your biggest challenge? Like, you know, um, Kevin, who's in the audience right now, he's, you know, having a, a horrible time with hijackers early on. We had kind of a similar experience uh, where you just want to pull your hair out sometimes with Amazon, you know, it's just, especially sometimes dealing with seller support, you feel like you're not getting any support. You feel like you're just getting the, you know, the template reply just to get rid of you. So did you have any experiences like that? What kind of, uh, you know, uh, issues, problems, uh, hurdles that you faced, uh, when, when you started your business? Yeah, I had lots. <laughs> so, all right. One of them, for example, so I totally mismanaged the inventory and that ate a lot of my profit in terms of storage costs. And that's common, I guess for new sellers, but also like two years in the business, I was still mismanaging the inventory. So it's really hard to predict, especially that I was, okay, so my products were in apparel and accessories type of thing. And the first product that I launched was a purse. And you know, there's thousands, millions of purses on Amazon and to rank for that is like barely, barely, barely you're gonna make it. And it's not gonna be like one of these competitive products where you get 50 sales a day, 100 a day. You basically get like, first you launch with zero feedback on your seller account and you'll get like first day, no sales. Second day, no sales. Then you start searching on Facebook groups, you know, is it okay seven days and no sales? You know, is this normal? Right. You start searching and then, okay, 11 days and no sales, you know, and then you start, so, and I send hundred units and then on that point, you know, it sounds to me, it was like a lot of investment, you know? Right, <laughs> and then, right. And, oh, and then 17 days, no sales, you know, what is this? And I'm gonna, you know, and then 18th day came, there was a sale, you know, and then two days later, another sale. And then it started rolling and rolling. And in Christmas, I sold 100 units a day of that item, you know, yeah. there was a purse for little girls, you know, so Christmas actually sold a lot. And I just didn't know on that Christmas ordered more on the other Christmas. Uh, so you, you go and you learn, you know, so big mistake 
I made was I sent too much inventory at first. So I sent whole hundred units and that hundred units, you know, if you sell like two units a week, it takes forever to sell out and it's really, really slow grind. So I thought, okay, so how can I grow? It's either the marketing or adding more products, adding more products costs a lot of money. So I started adding a little bit, you know, 20 units each product so uh, what I did next is I took from AliExpress existing item and I asked my, um, at that time it wasn't a sourcing agent. Right now I work with her. She's my sourcing agent. But at that time she worked for a trading company. So I would ask that trading company to take the samples from AliExpress themselves, basically make an order <laughs> of those different items and just change the material. So I can already tell you what it is because since I'm not selling that line anymore. So it was simply different types of bags, like, um, you know, like boxes, like uh, for makeup, you, not boxes, but how to say those. Uh, um, yeah, uh, like, like zip, uh, comp compacts or, um, I, I know what you're saying. My wife uses right. one. <laughs> Just like a little container. Yeah, it's like, a, like, a, like I, about that deep and about, yeah. And it's got a zip around it and you put your makeup in there. Right. And yep. there's like makeup dividers and things. So makeup organizer, basically, and then, you know, hairbrush organizer, and then all these girly things. And I sent them all these bestseller ones to them, and I told them, okay, replace the material to be clear. So change the material not to be the uh, this like that, but just PVC material. And PVC has to be thick enough, you know, and then make all of them and just send me a sample. So it became completely different product, right? Mm -hmm. It was this uh, material one, you know, like a uh, synthetic uh, make a bag and then I made it hard cased uh, PVC material and then on the edges everybody who's doing PVC clear bags they're all doing with black edges you know so instead I made it with silver edges <laughs> so basically it silver hologramic like what girls like you know not boring black you know so I basically just took an existing product completely reinvented it it's the same thing, but nobody was doing that at all. And some material that nobody was doing for that product. And I told them, so buy 20 different ones and send me all the samples. And then I ordered 20 each. So basically 400 units came uh, to Canada at that time to me. And I then labeled them myself and shipped to Amazon, you know, to, <laughs> to sell. And then from those 20 different things, I saw one right away. It went, one was like one star product, another one star product. So a few of them were winners, you know, and then just eventually I thought, mm, that's a good tactic. You know, I could do that and just slowly, slowly go by not attack those high competing products, but uh, go into small things that nobody even goes to. There's millions of makeup bags, you know, who wants to make another makeup bag, you know? Actually, if you make like five sales a day, every day, and you have 20 of those going, it's pretty good business, you know? I mean, you just have to micromanage everything, you build systems, build processes, and it's all very, very nice business. So I really liked uh, working in the small niches, not to have to fight with anyone, have enough space to breathe, you know? <laughs> And, um, yeah. Well, once again, it's, it's a pretty similar uh, story. That's ex kind of exactly how we did it. And we actually have a, a, a course, uh, that we've been teaching people on like how to test products in uh, small quantities. Um, if you guys, we, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on the podcast cause we try to keep minimal, um, <laughs> selling on the podcast, but if you guys want to check that out, um, there's a short link. You can just go to tiny.cc slash sourcing small and um it's a course that will will show you guys kind of that same process and that's how i started um and that's why we've been uh teaching it 
is, you know, it's, it's exactly what you said, Paulina is going, you know, instead of going and ordering 5,000 units of some product you found on jungle scout that you think is going to work and, you know, be negative 10 grand, it's, you know, going to AliExpress and sourcing 20 products, you know, 10 or 20 items at a time and testing it, actually testing the market and figuring out if that's going to, you know, those products are going to work or not. Um, it's been a huge success for us. And like you said, we have over 800 SKUs and that's the process that we've been doing since 2012 is, you know, back then I was super aggressive. I was trying to onboard, you know, a product a week. Uh, we're, we're nowhere near that now. We, like you said, we started having inventory issues because we weren't tracking the success of those products well enough. Um, so we scaled that way back, but that, that way of doing things, I think is still the absolute best way to source. You're going to get so many more wins that way than you are trying to like look at jungle scout or any of the other um, tools that are going to give you the same exact data over and over again, you know? Um, so that's a, that's a, that's a great point, Paulina. And uh, I definitely think that, uh, you know, that that's, that's the way to go in, in my opinion. <laughs> so, um, and, and another great thing you mentioned, which a lot of people don't realize is you can take an existing product, modify it even slightly, and it'll be a much, much better product. And especially like, like you said, a lot of people don't think about, you know, if, if, it, if it's a woman's product, changing colors, changing textures, um, you know, or, or even if it's for a man, like, you know, maybe it's a product that like is for hunters and you make it camouflaged instead of, you know, black or whatever it is. Like, you know, you, you just do subtle things like that to improve the product, but you could, you know, you'd be surprised how much just that slight improvement could get you uh, sales away from, you know, other people that are, you know, all, all selling the same exact thing that looks the same and same material, same, you know, um, you know, same type of packaging, all like everything like that. If you differentiate just a little bit that you could have, um, you know, some, some great successes there. So what is your goal for Q4? Are you still selling on Amazon? And uh, what's, what's your goal for Q4 on Amazon? What's your goal for shopkeeper? What, like kind of what, what's your, what's your last quarter looking like? All right, so since I started Shopkeeper, that was two years ago. Um, basically, uh, it's- You don't have to tell changed. us your sales or anything, no. just meaning like what, like what are your, your, your goals for your business? <laughs> no, it's, it's changing. You know how, you know that thing, one thing, the one thing, I think there's a book like that, right? And if you focus at multiple things at the time, you kind of don't get anywhere, like I said, with those little focuses and a lot of focus. So I've been trying recently in the last year to focus all of my attention to a shopkeeper. And I left my Amazon to be managed by my VAs, which follow the processes. And to VAs, I discovered in that year that it's very hard to outsource the creativity. You can outsource the process and the systems very easily, whatever you were doing, but creative part, you know, that actually is growing the business is super hard to outsource unless you're paying a lot of money to some marketing manager, I don't know, with experience. So keep in mind, you know, that eventually when you want to phase yourself out, it's, it's pretty hard to do because you will be able to, you know, those manual tasks easily are outsourceable, but the creative, the growth of the business, how it's going to be grown, the strategies of it, whatever. And I've let that go a little bit because I'm focusing on shopkeeper hundred percent, 99%. So it's, it's been, it's been tough, but actually Amazon is, is fun because it's not going you know, I just let it go a year ago and it's just going like this. And now Christmas is coming, you know, and it's going up. So it's still doing that, but there is no big growth like the previous years that I had, you know. So you have a lot of time to like build another business and everything. Once you have the 
engine going, it's going, you know, and many other sellers that I talk to, they say, I spend like one, two hours a week working on my Amazon business right now, you know? So basically once you learn the ropes and go over the learning curve, you have a lot of nice leeway. So you're asking about Q4 and Q4 is looking good. <laughs> I, I actually knew when to order this time. I know that I need to place an order in June because I made this calculation about delivery and i used to have this big issues since they introduced this inventory performance index this index is calculated every three months and there is a date when they calculate it on october 1st and on october 1st they look at the last three months of your performance and judging the like the two weeks before october 1st and then two weeks some other middle of the period and then they judge from those two weeks before October 1st, how much space you're going to have for Q4. So basically, once I discovered that, now I know that I have to bring it after October 1st. Because what happens? If you bring your inventory for Q4 just before October 1st, then you suddenly ruin that ratio. You know, there's this ratio that they calculate how much you have in stock and how much it's selling, you know? And suddenly you brought 5,000 units, you know, in stock and it's selling not so much and they check the last 40 days, whatever, the ratio becomes very, very low and that means they may limit your inventory exactly from October 1st. So that's the one trick that I learned that, you, you know, you could keep in mind for the next year, maybe now it's too late, that you should send all your inventory to arrive after October 1st. And in my case, it, it takes me June 1st to make an order, then a few months to, um, to produce, a few months to on, sh on the ship and so on. So basically, it arrives after October 1st. And it's just just this week <laughs> is, is getting into so the import unloaded from ship and just waiting for Amazon to take it in. So that's when, um, you know, we are going to. So now I'm like waiting very much because the sales are also starting to go up, you know, and I, I want the stock to be not to run out, you know, because if you run out a little bit, if you run out a little bit, it still drops a little bit in rank in my case. I don't know. It does come back, but it takes this little hiccup to come back. You know, I don't like that hiccup anymore. So, yeah, it, you know, that when I said 1% of the thing that I'm still thinking about my Amazon things, it's, it's things like that, little strings that I can pull to help me a little bit, you know, to not lose what I have, the momentum over there. Um, and all the rest of the stuff goes to shopkeeper development of the features and things like that. That's once again, it sounds very familiar. That's pretty much the exact same journey I took. You know, like I said, I was doing all kinds of things. We still have the Amazon business. Um, you know, just like you, we, we, we don't dedicate a ton of time to it, but it's sort of on autopilot in the sense that uh, just like you, you know, it, it's pretty steady. And then Q4, we, we get crazy. Um, and, and we also are, have gotten really good at staging our inventory. So, you know, we, we have our first batch like hit right around now. And then we stage it again. So the next batch hits in like, you know, 20 or 30 days. And then, you know, that kind of continues throughout the whole season. Um, so that lets us avoid the storage fees. Luckily, I don't know if it's because we started, you know, so earlier because of the volume of sales that we have, but we have unlimited storage, which is, uh, oh, is pretty amazing. Yeah, we have unlimited storage for, yeah, for a while now, actually. So I guess we're lucky. I didn't realize that uh, they were still doing limits on storage. Um, they do if you drop below 350, I think, performance index. So mm. if you've been doing bad and you're trying uh, to recover. Yeah, see, we're always like, like over 700. We've gotten, I mean, okay. it's just once again, I think it's because we've been doing this for so long. And our other trick is that we have our own warehouse, you know. So we, we um, <clears throat> you know, might order, you know, say, for example, like one of our products, our, our big um, Christmas products, we just ordered 20,000 units. So 
uh, you know, out of that, we maybe send like eight or 10 to Amazon and then we keep the rest in our warehouse and then we watch stock. And then as it, you know, moves, we can tell pretty quickly how it's going to work. And then we can send more from our warehouse. So that makes it really, um, you know, work out really well. Not only that, but then we back it with seller fulfilled prime. So if it ever does run out of stock there, we can still, you know, ship on our own. Um, but uh, yeah, getting Q4 down, like inventory wise is, is super, super important. And, and the longer you're doing it, the better, you know, tricks that you're going to have for it. Um, Paulina, you must absolutely, if you've not listened to the book yet, because it, it's been a game changer for Amy and I is clockwork. Um, yeah, it's uh, Mike McCallowitz. Um, it's one of the best books I've read. In, and I've read a lot of books over the last few years, you know, in self-improvement and things like that. Um, but they talk about in that book, the queen bee role, which like you said, it's kind of the one thing like, you, you know, you always have all these different functions in your business, but you identify what, uh, in your business is like the main function, like the main thing that you need to do to be successful. And then everything else kind of falls to the wayside I mean, you still do it, but it doesn't get all the energy. You either outsource it or, uh, you, you know, uh, pare it down or whatever. Anyway, just, uh, if you get a chance, definitely listen to that book. Mike's going to have to write me a, a check because I mentioned his book so much. Um, he's going to be on, I think in February of next year, that's how far it is to book him. Um, but check that out, Paulina, and let me know how that, how that works for you. Okay. Um, it was a game changer <laughs> for us. Thanks um, for yeah, of course. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.